Greetings and salutations. I'm Christian Slater. What's that from? What movie is that from? Oh, Heather's? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and what is just salutations? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Charlotte's Web, Renee. Charlotte's oh, Web. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've watched or read Charlotte's Web. So salutations. Welcome to Not Only But Also. I'm Nicole Cottrell. I'm Renee Veronica Bahati Klug Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to try and bring some much-needed levity to our own lives and the world today. We're going to talk about the Enneagram. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Enneagram. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, um, hit pause. And once you hop over somewhere, <laughs> Google that up, come back mm-hmm. and listen to this episode. Because we're not going to give a whole long definition of what the Enneagram is, we're just going to kind of start talking about it. Yeah, but a high overview. It's a personality inventory that measures uh, who you are, how you are with nine different types. You cannot be more than one type, but uh, in the types, it doesn't measure necessarily how you behave, more so that what is motivating you to do the things that you do. And the reason we're talking about it here is because Renee and I actually both really like the Enneagram. Um, contraire. I love the Enneagram. True, true, true. Renee loves the Enneagram. I like the Enneagram. But we wanted to talk about also that even though it has affected our lives in positive ways, we are not stereotypes. Correct. We're like the opposite. And we I don't want to get too nuanced, but there's something called a wing. And, and Nicole and I are very much – Wingy. We, we were very wingy, which means your wing essentially, since there's nine numbers, your wing is the number on either side of your primary number. So, and that wing influences your personality. And so, I am a four, which means nothing to most of you, but I'm a wing three. So, I could be a wing three or a wing five. I'm a wing three. So that wing three is pretty dominant in me. So a lot of people don't realize that I'm a four because I don't like to show people I'm a four. Nicole is an eight, which may not mean anything to you as well. But So she could either be a wing seven or a wing nine. She's a wing nine and she's pretty hardcore on that nine. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Did I already get way too erudite? No, I'm just assuming that people have not paused and Googled or they already know about the Enneagram enough that or they're, they're, this episode is not going to be their episode. That's, That's right. okay too. So, Nicole, why do you like the Enneagram? I mean, what I has think it personality done for you tests, What has it done for me lately, Janet? I think that personality tests in and of themselves are entertaining. I've always found them to be entertaining. Myers-Briggs, so many of us are You're familiar with. what? INTJ. Okay. What's your Myers-Briggs? I'm an ENFP. Oh, that's right. But I'm become an ENFPJ, or you know, in my because you hang out with me too. In much. my later, you, I've I've influenced and you. less vulnerable years. The judgment is strong. Um, judging actually, it's different. So I always have like personality tests. I find them really interesting. I tend to, however, when I am done taking a personality test, I don't usually feel very good about myself. <laughs> Because mine <laughs> tend to be very eight hole. Yeah, I'm an eight hole. I come off as uh, on paper, I sound like a real dick, and it's not my favorite. So I very often 
at the end, I'm like, well, that wasn't fun or worth doing. Well, what are some of the words associated with eight? Like, you know. Okay, so the title of the eight, the Enneagram eight, which is my Enneagram number, is the challenger. Or the leader. Or the leader. Or the commander. Or the commander. (laughs) Or Stalin. (gasps) Or Hitler. Or Hitler. I don't. All of whom were eights, including Donald Trump. But also Martin Luther King Jr. That's right. And possibly Mother Teresa. And probably Mother Teresa. All of these people whom I obviously don't – am nothing like on either side. So that's okay. But what was the question? Why do you like the Enneagram? Or what has it done for you lately? What has it done for me lately? Mm-mm. Oh, the, no. The other Mm-mm. question was some of the words related to it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So challenger. So um, I don't know. Questions authority, um, perhaps maybe seen as a rebel, against the status quo, um, doesn't what? like to be told what to do, yeah. must be in control. Actually, that's not true. One book says aides don't have to be in control, but they don't want to be controlled. Yes. And that's your core motivation. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know you're an eight is you know that I cannot, do not, will not. Nobody wants to be controlled, but this is your, this is the thing that if it happens, it, it, it hits your deepest sense of insecurity. Yes. And, and I have to disclaim, we are not Enneagram uh, experts by any means, and we might get a few things wrong. And some of you Enneagram experts out there, congratulations. I kind of want to be you, but I'm not you because I'm a four. And also, we just so understand that we are lay people who are talking about the Enneagram as it relates to ourselves and our experiences. I think that's important to mention because people get a little tricky with the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. For sure, I'm sure we'll we'll get some uh, corrections. Sure. That's okay. And I, well, yeah. I'm not pretending to be an expert. I won't read anyway. those emails, but <laughs> Nicole can. And so... Um, <laughs> yeah. Email address is... Hi at not only but dot com. Send all your queries there. Yeah. Okay, so you what four four four? What are what are the words associated with a four? The romantic, the individualist, the artist. Your son's so much prettier and nicer. I than know mine. it does, Man. but I don't. I mean, am I romantic? Yes. Am I an individualist? Yes. Am I an artist? I mean, in a sense, I'm really boho. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, what what motivates us? Uh, the need to be authentic. The need to be um, seen is really, really important. The idea that our, I, I don't know what I've heard about fours is a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to have an identity, even though that's the thing that we're always searching for. Mm-hmm. And we always feel like there's a missing piece mm-hmm. that other we struggle with envy insofar as we don't want what other people have, but we feel like we'll never be able to have what others have. Right. And so often we're our worst enemies, and we're we've been known to be the sad hats and the Eeyores. Gosh, all the Eeyore memes. But listen, this is for those of you who have been with us all of these episodes. I think this is episode six. Have I come across as an Eeyore to you? Well, that's why we're breaking. I mean, look, I've got my ER moments, but I feel like I'm more tigger than anything. Um, But I will say this for those of you who right now are on Truity or something like that, taking a test, stop, collaborate, and listen. Because those tests, listen, when I test, I test almost always as a seven, which is the enthusiast, or I test as a three, which is the achiever. Or I test as an eight, which is a challenger, mm-hmm. because I am pretty action-oriented, go-getter type. 
Um, I rarely test as a four. And uh, so interesting. And I think that's where our wings come in. Like the the three wing is the achiever. And so people on the outside see, oh, okay, she kind of likes to do things. And she kind of is like, you know, I'm an extrovert. A lot of fours are introverts. So that's how I, uh, I'm, I'm different than a lot of fours. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like, but I am a four because my greatest motivation, my the thing that motivates me is this sense of needing to know who I am, my identity, this thing of feeling like something's missing. And uh, so that's how I know. So I got all those, those tests never worked out for me. And it took me like two years, maybe, maybe a year to finally, I read something about how fours were as a ch- ch- as children, how we go into this fantasy life to kind of make up for this feeling of being incomplete, kind of our melancholiness. And I was like, Oh no, I'm a four. And, um, so that's how I knew. And I think I was felt ashamed after. And then I was like, no, I got to own this. I just got to own this because the reason why I love the Enneagram is because the Enneagram, in addition to therapy, in addition to uh, medication for me, helped turn my life and, and, and turning 40, it turned my life around because fours often can get stuck in a tape recorder, if you will, of negative self-talk. Ones can too. Ones are the perfectionists. But I and fours also have a push-pull. To, gosh, God, it's super terrible. We also have this push-pull do energy where we want so desperately to be loved and to feel loved and to feel seen. But we're afraid of it. We're afraid that we're not going to get it. But we kind of want to like test people to see if they'll love us, even at our worst. So we push people away to test if they will come closer to us and either it proves what we've believed all along that we're ultimately not lovable and we're not seeable or it satiates that need to feel seen and oh my gosh what a load of horseshit and I did this for so many years to different people I've probably done it to Nicole I've certainly done it to my husband and so last year 2019 we're in September of 20 now Oh, and it's been a week, people. Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg, may she rest in peace, died yesterday. It was a horrible week all around, especially for those of us in diversity and inclusion. Look it up. Use Google. <laughs> um, but that's another reason why we needed more of a lighter topic today. But anyhow, so I spent all of last year doing the opposite behavior-wise than what the Enneagram says that I do out of fear, like the push-pull like uh, believing all the negative self-talk. So so this year, if I felt like I wasn't sure how somebody felt about me, but I wanted to be close with them, particularly my husband, instead of pulling away and testing that, I went toward. And it did me so much good. Mm -hmm. And it did my relationship so much good. And that tape recorder, anytime it would start to play, I would press pause and be like, is this actually true? Can these negative thoughts be confirmed by reality? More often than not, the answer was no. So then I spent a year basically repaving the neural pathways of my mind, uh, actually the last four years. uh, And I don't have that tape recorder anymore. So cool. And I'm now willing to make take the first step. It, now, I'm willing to take the first step when it comes to risk or starting businesses or speaking on stage. But when it comes to like the intimate aspects, the romantic part, 
uh, 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 scared. I'm like back to being in high school and like not being asked to prom, which was a reality for me. Probably because I'm a four. And uh, <laughs> also a brown girl living in Phoenix in the early 90s. You know, not exactly everybody's dream type. So um, anyway, so how about you, Nicole? What has the what has it done for you lately? Um, well, so I was introduced – I think I was actually officially introduced to the Enneagram by you. I think if so. If I remember right. But my husband, Jonathan, really jumped on – the bandwagon of the Enneagram much faster than I did. I was like, oh, sure, this is great. Um, I don't – you know, I looked at the book and didn't think much of it. And one of the books I'll mention is we started with reading The Road Back to You. Ian Morgan Cron? I think that's and right. There was a su- and Susan Sabeel. Good, good Susan pulling that out because I would have yeah. never, never would have Yeah, he's a four, brain. she's a two. They're great. So – Jonathan got very into it and we went on a family vacation with his parents and my brother and sister-in-law and his aunt and then all of our kids. And Jonathan had bought the book for every adult before the vacation, instructed family members to read the book so that we could all discuss together our individual Enneagrams. We spent three solid nights on that vacation while the kids were in bed talking and every person took a turn discussing their Enneagram type. And, you know, it's my in-laws. I mean, you guys don't know. I'm fairly close to them. You know, we are all pretty um, open and honest with each other and my sister and brother-in-law and aunt as well. And people were crying and talking about childhood memories and hurts. And there was like confession and understanding and seeing each other for the in certain ways, for the first time, really, under, in understanding the motivation, which I think was such a huge, huge thing. And my my father-in-law, though, at the end, he looked at me and he goes, so um, are you just always angry? Which, you know, maybe I took a little offense at because that is one of the defining characteristics of the eight, they say, is anger. I'm in the anger triad. We, we haven't talked about the triad, but whatever. I'm not going into all that. But I am – anger is a close close friend of mine mm-hmm. for good and for bad. Yeah. For motivation and change when I'm angry about something, an injustice in the world, or someone's been hurt or slighted. I love rooting for the underdog. I love standing up for people. Um, I love standing next to people in the fight. And that anger serves me well, but I also get angry about lots of other things that probably don't serve me as well. Um, so so that was kind of my real first introduction. And even then still, like you were saying, you read it yours and you're like, oh, well, this is terrible. I read mine and think I just sound like the word that everyone attaches to an Enneagram 8 woman yeah. is bitch. We all know that. That's If I were a man, I'd be perfectly positioned to dominate my sphere (laughs) but as a female yeah it's not right i'm limited or there's all of the connotations attached to an assertive direct woman which i have been called lots of times also in both good and negative ways i've 
had lots of relationship conflict even over my lifetime because of the tone of my voice and the way that I say things and how I present information or how I push back against things that I disagree with. I'm I'm sure I probably sound a, much nicer on this podcast than I do in real life. That's not necessarily true. I'm not sure. Also, just as I have gone through tremendous growth tremendous, I say for myself, uh, over the last three, four years, I feel like you have too. And so I don't remember, maybe, well, no. Okay. So sure. And you and I have gotten into it. Like those people, those friends, we have some friends who are, one's an eight and one's a four. And, um, and they get into it too. Like Nicole and I are super, super close, but yeah, we've gotten into it. But to, to, to answer your question, I think if anything, when you've been at your like worst, you've withdrawn and like shut down, mm-hmm. and that I that is alienating. Mm-hmm. I think, but I ha- I mean, have I seen you get angry? Yes, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, like so because fours are driven by emotions. I got a lot. We all have a lot of them, but fours how it's expressed, how it's expressed. We've yeah. got a lot of them, and so emotions don't bother me. Yeah, I'm comfortable. It's the shutting down. Right. right. That's what's alienating. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you giving me anything? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like tune in Tokyo. I've done so many uh, pop culture tune references. Tune in Tokyo. Today. That's from Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I it's know. A, it's you a- even did the hand motions to tune in <laughs> no, Tokyo. No, it's so inappropriate. <laughs> but yeah, no. And so you, you have, but no, I don't think you go around. No, you haven't gone around like, first of all. Well, I don't go around punching people. I mean, I mean, you verbally. There was a time. You pointed. There was a time where I definitely had to learn to control the how of my presentation. Yes. I will say this. People don't know generally that I am constantly always aware of how I am trying to present myself around people. Which is super exhausting. And it's not in an inauthentic way. One of the things that they say about eights is that they underestimate their power, presence, yeah. or their assertiveness. And my husband's confirmed this. He says, You actually don't know yeah. how assertive you come off when you're upset about something or That's you're really correct. trying to communicate something that you're passionate about. So I go around constantly thinking, Okay, smile, Nicole. Smile. Smile so that these women know. That you're friendly, smile so that they don't think you're too assertive, smile so that they know that you actually would be interested in talking to them or you'd like to be friends with them and make eye contact and soften your voice. And I actually do that more to a certain extent depending on the audience or the group. If I'm meeting new people, I'm hyper aware of it. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. But I also think if I don't do that, that. Then people make all kinds of assumptions. Yeah, but that's their problem. That's I know. Them. And I do feel like I got to the point where I thought, man, if I were a man, men aren't going around apologizing, smiling overly and <laughs> making eye contact. Well, that's actually not true. Black men actually do have yeah. to do that. Yeah, you're Black right. men, I know men who smile more and try to make eye contact more because they're trying to preemptively, you know, assert who they actually are, that they're kind, that they're that they're warm, that they're friendly, that they're safe. So in that small, small way I relate to that, it's very tiring. And also then some days I really don't give a crap and I'm not going to be extra aware of it and do all the side effort 
because yeah. sometimes it's just not worth it. I know. And I, I do apologize for your feeling like you have to be that way because that just sucks and it, we need to change. I mean, the Enneagram, it, it, apparently it can help with both sexism and racism. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is, might be true. But, you know, Nicole, uh, there's a funny uh, – Nicole was having like a heated discussion, I think about politics or something oh, with no. a fellow eight and every, it like silenced the entire <laughs> room and people were like, oh my gosh, they are going to freaking box. And then after they were done, they're like, yeah, that was great. Oh yeah. Right? So for a lot of us, what looks like an argument for an eight is just a really good conversation. And it's so, so energizing. It's right? invigorating. And it's my favorite thing. And for the rest of us, it might be like, oh my gosh, are we okay? It makes everyone uncomfortable. Yeah. And, but I think that that's really valuable. I think that you've gotten me to challenge more things and think about more things and go against the status quo. And, you know, I'm like, well, wait. and you know, and I can't, I mean, you know, I think we've said, said this, I know I've told this, said this about you, that like sometimes when I'm making a decision about thinking, I'm like, okay, what is, what is, what, what's Nicole, what's the pushback Nicole's going to give me on this? And I need that to, I feel like, make the most informed decision. And if I can't figure it out, brain. I call her. I'm like, well, okay, what's your pushback here? And it's not always a pushback. But what's your opinion here? Because ultimately, Nicole and eights I've known are aware. They're feisty. They're going to protect. They, they pay attention. They are like, um, they are the best discerners of of good and evil. Like there have been times where people have walked in to settings that we've been in over the years. You know, and me, I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt no matter who you are. And, you know, I'll be like, hey, let's be friends. And Nicole's like, uh-uh, 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 <laughs> right? <laughs> mayday, mayday. And I'm like, what's your problem? Why do you have to be so judgmental? And inevitably within sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes hours, it is apparent that Nicole's mayday needed to be heated. And I told you not to be friends with someone. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of these instances. I mean, I know, we've had I know people, what you're talking about. We've had people marry the wrong people if they had just listened to Nicole. Right. Um, if, you know, just, if everybody just listened to me. everybody just listened to Nicole, the whole world would be righted. But I think that that's important to know. Like these are the valuable things I see in AIDS. And these are uh, the things that I think are really important. Now, Nicole's wing is a nine, which is the peacekeeper. And nines are not comfortable with anger. And so it's really cool to see Nicole nine wings sometimes lead because it's like sometimes like Nicole loves to nap and I really do. like schedules and Nicole like eights are usually like the drivers the drivers but Nicole's like here's the keys I'm not gonna drive today I don't mind any of and that. it's so it's amazing because I think that's how you go against that stereotype is because you've allowed the fullness like first of all we're not our numbers we're not in the entirety of our numbers but you've got this beautiful nine wing that's coming out you're also an introvert Correct. And so I think a lot of people misjudge a lot of introverts because we're living in an extroverted, sensationalized world. Yes. And so a lot of times people take introversion as being bitchy and you just need to stop That's that. That's absolutely true. And or people think that I'm extroverted Yes. because I'm assertive. Yes. So they actually assume I'm an extrovert, which is also harder if you're an introvert because you're faking it all the time. Because we live in an extroverted world. And then people realize, oh, wait, no, you're actually not. You're just assertive. So that kind of gets me by sometimes almost. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to talk about you fours. Oh, geez. So one of the things that and eights really are very, very terrible at is vulnerability. 
Oh gosh, it just is gross. I hate. <laughs> I really don't. That's not entirely true. I like being vulnerable on my schedule when I've predetermined when in control when I'm it. in control of it. When I decide, which is not vulnerable. I'm well aware. I'm just saying. When I've decided that I want to be vulnerable, then I can do that. Generally, otherwise, I don't want to participate. But then I have a Renee who is vulnerability encompassed in a human in the very best way. Yeah, I don't want no, to in that. the very best way. Your vulnerability is what is alluring and draws people in, what drew me in. But definitely what I watch you meet people right away. And you can instantly – so maybe I meet someone right away and I my sniffer is like, no, this dude or this chick is no good. <laughs> Avoid them. But you'll meet people and you're gracious and open and funny and charming right away. You're just being yourself. And I watch people's walls just come down around you. They just start sharing things with you and opening up and laughing. And I watch from the sideline like, what – in what world – a, I would never – would I feel that I could do that? But I love watching you do it because people just come in like, oh, this person is really actually genuine and sincere and wants to know about me. And she's sharing all of these things about herself. So I'm going to share things about myself. And if it were anybody else, if I were hearing somebody tell me that story, I'd be like, that's icky. But when I watch you do it, it's beautiful every time. I love it. I never get tired of seeing it. Renee makes best friends with – Whomever, our wherever servers. we go. Restaurants, always a server. I've, I've let our servers say grace over our table. Yes. She said people <laughs> pray with us at our restaurant dinner table. Within five minutes, they're like sitting down in the booth with us. <laughs> it happens all the time. And it is, I think, a genuineness of like you actually care about people. But it's also expressed through you. It's ironic because I think as a four, you saying like fours are seeking to know and understand their real identity. But when you're really just doing that, which is really you, just being your true self, that is the most attractive thing to people. Yeah. People can't look away and they want to be a part of it, which I don't know. It's like a – there's an irony in there. You yeah, really yeah. are always being yourself, your genuine self. There's not anything else to look for, I think personally from where I sit. But I, yeah. I get that need. Yeah. Yeah. And in with the like, you know, the emotions part, I think sometimes we let those get the best of us and where we don't really know who it's so weird for being so attached to identity. I feel like at least for me, I can't speak for all the fours out there, but as much as I would want to. Um, <laughs> that I think like maybe being comfortable in that identity or feeling like we want to be somebody else or feeling like our dreams are so much bigger than the reality that we have. I'm not sure what it is that creates so much of the insecurity in some fours, but I know like emotionally, <laughs> like Greg, my husband, Greg, uh, we should talk about our husband's types because that's hilarious. Uh -huh. Um, my, my husband, Greg will be like, I know you're mad. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not mad. He goes, clearly you're mad. I'm like, Greg, I'm frustrated. It's different. There's it's different. a difference. Or I'm irritated. There's a big difference between my being mad, frustrated, and irritated. And, and as a four, if you tell me that I'm mad, and I'm not mad, I'm irritated, we got problems, right? Because and, and Evan, who's a fellow <laughs> four, is nodding so hardcore. So it's making me feel Our so Our fancy affirmed. producer. He's a four-winged five, though. So he's uh, – uh, well, uh, we're going to have follow-up interviews. That's our dream here throughout the year is to talk to our different friends who are 
different numbers, different wings, things like different genders, and to just talk about how what the Enneagram looks like uh, for them and, and what it means. And oh gosh, that's going to be so much fun. And then we'll also talk about Trump and abuse and, you know, all of, and being biracial and <laughs> you know, trauma. So we'll go back and forth between the Obviously, two. Obviously, that's how we live. <laughs> that is actually, that is actually our lives. But I think that's funny. My husband is a five and oh gosh, they're the investigators. They're the brainiacs, the Albert Einstein. The, the who else? I don't know who else is a five. I just know that fives love to research and Isaac Asimov. They they protect their time. They protect their time so they can research. Um, what's his face? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh yes, I'm sure all of this these people are a lot fives. of sense. The female <laughs> fives, Jane Goodall. Uh, things you know, the fives are motivated by the need to know, the need to feel competent. They live with okay. So the biggest part, fours withdraw into our emotions, and fives withdraw into their minds. And so fives very much are the the, the cerebral erudite types. They're the ones who um, they've been social distancing their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely if you're a five, you're an introvert. I've heard you can't be a five unless you're an introvert. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I've met, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I've, so, that's that, what I've that's, heard around the was, Enneagram campfire. It's true. I've heard, yeah, and that sevens, which we'll talk about when we talk about your husband, I've heard that sevens really can't be introverts. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's possible either. Yeah. I, I don't know how it could be. And <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, I, I like conundrums. And so, but yeah, it's it's great. So Greg is always reading. He always, he's just this wealth of knowledge. He, um, he just, he's got all these facts that he just, he just has them. And it's so, and he can beautifully render them into some, a beautiful philosophical treatise just on this spot. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And like today I was quizzing him. I was reading uh, research about critical theory and hermeneutics and um, what else? And phenomenology and all of these big (laughs) words. And I was like, what's this? What's this? And he was giving me the precise definition. It's so ridiculous. And I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, I already got my doctorate. And I'm like, yeah, you got your doctorate like 12 years ago. And he still remembers the exact definitions. This is his fiviness. But we've worked on him moving more into his emotions and my moving more into my mind. And that has really helped heal. Not that I'm not in my mind. I'm a very smart person. It's just I lead with my emotions before my logic. And now I'm learning to let logic lead when logic can be trusted. Oh, that's a whole can of worms too. <laughs> like you used to just drop those little nuggets right in the middle of an episode. Like I know. we're gonna steer away from that one. <laughs> but you and your seven husband. Me and my seven husband. Oh, am I supposed to talk about what Jonathan's yeah, like? Yeah, sure. Let's keep it on. Well, I mean, you know, we're so all over the place. We may as well keep it. He's a seven. Sevens are the enthusiasts. They're kind of bigger than life personalities. Jim Carrey, Robin Williams. Okay. Yes. Most sevens that I've known are very extroverted. I would say, I would say besides Renee, my husband's probably one of the most extroverted people I've ever known. Yeah. He loves walking into a room of strangers. Walking into a room full of strangers actually makes my stomach hurt. I get a little barfy. He delights in it. He's like, oh, all these new people. I get to meet them and talk to them and find out what their stories are and who they are and what makes them tick. And it's always genuine. He really means it. Um, what else about him? I don't know. They're semi-spontaneous usually. Semi? I mean, he has this weird underbelly of him that's like um, underbelly, undercurrent that's – I don't know. Maybe it's just his 
CEO-ness. Yeah. He gets like more responsible. I mean, the guy's eating a live cockroach. I know. That was pretty spontaneous. You drink a goldfish. (laughs) He's like Petsmart. It like (laughs) chugged down his throat in front of the sales guy. Um. Yeah, he's the life of the party, but he – so sevens tend to not be in touch with all of their emotions. Correct. So they tend to not feel the full range of emotions. They don't feel the sad. They just feel they the happy. They don't feel the sad. They just feel the happy. They really like the happy. They want to live in happy town and they just drive right past small Sadville and they just – on the road to happy town. There's no stops on the on the freeway. Um, there's no rest area. Maybe they pause for a quick, quick pullover if they need to. But then, like for a funeral, they might. Right, they'll be sad. But then they're done and they can move on and let's get back to Happy Town because Happy yeah. Town's where it's at. So you can imagine me, <laughs> non vulnerable, generally feels a little angry about something every day with Happy Town <laughs> and where that's gotten us. No, we're great. We're really great. We've we've worked through a lot of stuff. We've worked through a lot of stuff. Um, He's doing, I would say in the last even two years, but really in the last year and really in the last few months through quarantine and Black Lives Matter, my husband is feeling the most other feelings and emotions he's ever felt. He's angry. He's sad. And it's really, really good. And it's really, really healthy. And I love seeing that because that's where we all want to get to. We all want to be able to feel and express all of those parts of us in the right ways at the right times. And so and he's like, I'm so angry. And I'm like, welcome to my everyday, homeboy. It's good to be here. It's not so bad. It's not as bad as you think. Anger does a lot of good, like I was saying. And just, you know, in small doses at the right time. Flipping over tables and justice stuff like that yeah right um yeah so that's that i don't know what else to say about it i mean we will like renee said have other chances to talk with people about enneagrams and the other enneagram types okay so you kind of touched on it before but what are some of the things that you feel like do not align with the stereotype because at the end of the day there's nine numbers. The Enneagram is one slice of something. Yeah. Our identities are in Christ. We are these really unique individuals that God has handmade. And we really aren't like anyone else ever, every single one of us. Yep. So, But it can be tricky when you kind of – if you're thinking through the filter of the Enneagram or – what really upsets me is when people use the Enneagram as a crutch yeah. and they say, oh, yeah. oh, well, this is just how I am. If I were just sitting here like, well, I'm just an angry person. This is just who I am all the time. Me, deal with it. I'm pissed. Yeah, that's not right. That's not right either because I want to be able to take what you were even saying, learning and saying, oh, if I'm playing this tape in my mind, how can I turn that? For me, if I'm lacking in vulnerability and I haven't always been able to open up in that, how do I actually begin to become more vulnerable? Yeah. I don't want to – Which I feel like you have. I think I have too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for noticing. I've seen you cry more this year than oh I've seen my myself gosh. cry. I have cried so much in the last five, six months. Also, quarantine and Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's really what it's been. But it's been good. L- Otherwise, I wouldn't have been crying if I hadn't been doing the work to get to that point. I would have just yeah. stuffed it all down. 
I would have just yeah. been angry is actually what would have happened. It's true. And I'm right. so happy that you that you didn't do that. You've yeah. chosen to and that's I think, you know, like the Myers Brig, which I like. The Myers Brig, I think, helps us understand each other, especially mm-hmm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But with yeah, the Enneagram, definitely. yes, you can absolutely understand each other. You're not supposed to type other people. Although I love, especially with my oldest daughter, who I still can't figure out what she is because she's little. You're not supposed to type until you're like in your twenties. Um, but we love typing like TV characters mm-hmm, and things like that. And like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, everybody should watch it, but it is so easy or to like type literary, all those characters. Literary, literary characters, characters, I love like thinking about what their Enneagrams but, are. And so there you do sometimes fall into the stereotypes. But, you know, the stereotypes I hate is like, like fours love rain. I hate rain, right? I hate <laughs> – or I have curly hair. No, I'm sorry, but rain and I – no, hard pass. And I – I'm not, like I said, I'm not like Eeyore and it's just always something sad or always something that's getting us down. And it's like, but I have the, I think where people miss it with the four is that our capacity for joy and giddiness and being like our capacity for emotional expression. And mm-hmm. maybe that's our extroversion or maybe the, the wing threes. Cause I know Evan, you're pretty even keeled. A lot of my uh, wing five friends, four wing five friends are a little bit more like maybe not as expressive as, as I am. But the thing though is expressiveness I think can be tricky because then we yes. think that it's not being felt. Cool. But like I would say That's of Evan, good. like I know that his emotions are huge. Yes. But we might not always be seeing them. Yes. Also said as a true eight, I have huge emotions all the time. Yeah. But I only let certain ones be seen. That's right. And I do allow – I'm getting better at not showing all of them at all of the time. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes I can do them simultaneously. <laughs> um, but you know, like when you were talking about Jonathan being in a crowd, Jonathan and I can relate to people really, really similarly. But when I walk into a crowd of strangers i'm terrified because mm-hmm. immediately it's like who's going to reject me right right but then i'm like well forget that mm-hmm. who am i going to accept mm-hmm. and i think i've made that choice so to do that yeah but i don't like gra- giant crowds of people also because i hate hate networking yeah because why because it's inauthentic i don't care small talk i small the, talk i don't care if you're humanity. gonna land me a million dollar deal uh-huh. i don't want your million dollars right uh-huh. i want your soul <laughs> i want to know what's in your mind right i want a friendship i want something that's lasting i'm fine if you can give me a million dollars great but that's a tertiary conversation and so i just that's i think how it is is that you know, there there has to be there has to be meaning behind things. I want to hear the story behind things, mm-hmm. and I think that's the foreness, right, Evan? Am I kind of right? He's, <laughs> you've been nodding the whole time, and I finally <laughs> ask you a question, and you shrug. So Evan needs to go to therapy. Apparently, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do you feel like you're on a couch right now, and we're Sigmund Freud? No. Oh, he doesn't have a mic, so he's miming right now. He's miming that everything I'm saying is 100% correct. Correct. And that he wishes he could listen to me every single day talk about this and about him. And so anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, those are the the stereotypes. Well, we hate all stereotypes. Keeping in mind that fours as individualists are really unique and we're also right. the least um, represented in, in society. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. So there are fewer fours in the world than anybody else. Oh, when we gave uh, examples, so uh, apparently Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of – they always say a lot uh, of Bob actors Dylan, and actresses, right? Yes, Paul Simon, authors Anne Rand. Yep. Um, they These, I mean, you know, like the dark side. No, People I who wish aren't there were more Anne Rands side. in the world. I love um, me some Anne Rand. You know, those kinds. Yeah, me too. And um, 
Oh, not Anne Rand. I don't know. You know, Anne Rand's a five. Um, oh, that makes I'm sense Anne too. Rice. Anne Rice oh, is yeah. a four. And so um, I don't know what Anne Rand is, but I'm assuming she's a five. And so because Anne <laughs> That was Anne a quick, I'm, good assumption. I don't know. <laughs> but it sounds right. She's a five. And so in any case, um, so because your fours might all look differently because we are individuals, everybody's an individual, but fours particularly usually have an expression. But you can like – like I love Freddie Mercury and I love Boho and I love Keanu. And, you know, these are things that I'm surprised if they haven't already come out. But fours also kind of have like Dave, or Evan loves David Bowie. Like we have our things that kind of are our are, are talisman that kind of – they don't define us, but they're kind of the things that we've owned as being an expression of a part of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a whole lot of other types have that. I feel like when it comes to those kinds yeah, of – Yeah, that's interesting to think about. I feel like it's fours that kind of have that. Yeah, because I'm trying to think through – I mean, I don't have a certain thing. Like I love Japanese culture and like all things Japanese, but that's not like one person or one – Your house isn't all japanese out. No, I would never. Yeah. So interesting. I, that is maybe a very four I thing. I feel like it's it might be. I don't know. I mean the, the now we have to research that. Now now yeah. I have to figure that out. Okay. Stereotypes for eights. One of my friends said this to me uh, a couple of years ago, and it was it was really encouraging, and I kind of just hung on to it. She said, "Oh, you know, upon meeting you, everyone thinks that you're unfriendly. I mean, generally, like that's so general that I hear all the time." And she's like, and she said, but it only takes five minutes of talking to you. No, yeah. so that's not true. And I really held on to that because I thought, okay, I can give someone five minutes, and if they want to give me five minutes, then they'll know who I really am. I'm, yeah. I can be myself in five minutes with with pretty much anyone. It's true. And if they don't want to give me those five minutes and they want to assume that I'm not friendly or I come off as this or I come off as that, and I don't have to do the fake smiling thing, I can put that away. So that was actually really freeing for me. I think, too, that this one is harder to even say out loud because it's admitting vulnerability. But eights are actually really vulnerable. I've joked that, like, I have a tough outer surface, but I'm really soft and squishy in the middle. And I am. I'm really soft and squishy in the middle, figuratively and literally speaking. I I mean – I have a soft center. And it's not hard to get to. There's a lot of determining factors as to whether or not people do get to the center. And that has a lot to do with me as well. But eights are really very sensitive. That is a thing that people just don't know and don't realize. And maybe it's – there's a lot of reasons why. And I probably deal with my sensitivity in a different way than people would expect. And you wouldn't know it to look at me or you wouldn't get a reaction out of me or I wouldn't cry necessarily or anything like that. But I'm really sensitive. And that is a good – that was a good realization for me too. Like, no, that's okay. It's okay to be sensitive. Some of my very favorite people in my life I would call sensitive. Sensitive is this weird word that has this connotation that there's something wrong. Like you can't – like you're weak. You can't – right. You're weak. Like you can't make it through life somehow if yeah. you feel. Okay. And that's – we were made to feel. We were made to show compassion and care and love and want to walk those things with people. And I think that's great. So I'm going to say it. 
Yeah, you're right. And think about what the lack of sensitivity and the lack of this has done to our country. Our nation is literally burning right yeah. now. There are people fighting over whether or not to wear a mask for the sake of the other, mm -hmm. thinking that it's – William Barr just said this week that the quarantine this summer was akin to slavery. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. That the level of horseshitness within that statement demands 12 more episodes, That's right? right? Stay tuned. And but what's interesting about what Nicole was saying about sensitivity and AIDS actually being a lot more sensitive is uh, we read somewhere that eights and fours are actually inside outs of each other. That's right. That fours sometimes get bad raps because we are emotionally expressive, mm -hmm. or at least we have emotions. Well, we all have emotions, but you know what I mean. That our our range of expressions are constant. Like mm -hmm. um, we're always aware of how we're feeling, or even if we're not aware of it, we're feeling You're some feeling way. It. We're yeah, feeling right. something, even if you can't name it. If we can't name it, we might have to process it. We have to maybe sit with it, whatever. But fours then are also can be very, very strong when we rise to the mm -hmm. occasion. And I love that. And I think maybe that's what we like about each other is also just kind of like we can see the flip side of each other within I – mean, there's a lot of reasons I like about you. It's not just because I can see the flip side of myself in you. No, I know. I get, um, I get it. But, you know, I think, I think that's good to know. And – I don't know. I love it. I think it's something that has been such a, a an avenue for freedom for me and for you. I think I also have a lot more compassion for people when I know mm -hmm. their type yeah. because now I might get, okay, so one's a perfectionist. Sometimes they can be super persnickety mm -hmm. and a lot of the ones in my life tend to be complainy and it can be super draining. I love my ones, all right? But at the same time, I'm like sometimes – but then I have to remember – you know, they live with this constant barrage of criticism all the time that they're right. not in doing their it good enough in their minds. Right. And I think, okay, so what can I might what might be a counter narrative that I provide for them? Mm -hmm. Or maybe let's go have some fun. Sometimes yeah. ones don't give themselves permission to have fun. Right. So you know, maybe I'll give them a lap dance or something. And it's yes. only if they're female. And I mean, I love my ones because they're usually like they're really like like straight jacket. They're not that straight jacketed. They're like they straight jacket themselves. They're like oh, we but they actually one. aren't like they're that. not. And so right. you know, I. Like, well, I'm thinking of one in particular. Yeah. I dedicate this to you, Dee Dee, who I like. I like to be so inappropriate with right. her. It loosens her up. She giggles. <laughs> she turns bright She red. blushes. She lets she lets Renee get away way more than anybody else would <laughs> in her you life. Think only you. It's very endearing. She knows I'm doing it. In That's love. right. And because ones, when they come into their truest self, look a lot like sevens, like free spirited types. And so I want to see that. And, um, you know, and, and so, I, but it's good to know that about other people because it allows me to extend extra grace to them. I would agree. I feel like if anything, even beyond for myself, that, that the Enneagram has helped me to help give more compassion, more grace to people. But I don't want to box people in. Sure. I try to get – I do try to be intentional and not think, oh, well, you're doing that because you're this or you're that Enneagram. I mean, I don't ever want to let that be the filter through which I see people. But it can be a helpful – framework yeah to think through some things that people even things that people get hung up on but even just the really good and fun stuff about yeah. personality types that you might not otherwise recognize and we were going to talk about it but we don't have to and now we're going to be out of time we're, so not, we're not there's no such thing as time no no there is. It's not. No, it, it's relative. It's a construct. It is. A, it's but relative. But it's real. Fine. Well, not really. Well, we will just say maybe this is too late to say at the end of the episode, but if you think that Enneagram's rooted in the cult or oh, occult. Geez. Time or, does exist. We're over it. We're out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Renee and I have 
done our individual reading slash prayerful consideration of the Enneagram. And I love the expression, chew the meat and spit out the bone. I think it covers a lot of things. Yes, and a lot of a lot of people in certain religious circles think that the first of all, it's the enneagram is represented by a nine pointed star, which some people think is a pentagram. Penta is five, any is nine, so there's a numerical difference right then and there. <laughs> and so, and and the lines connect to each other. I mentioned how when one looks healthy, they go to seven. So the the line on that graphic one and seven are connected. Fours when we're healthy or look like one. When we're unhealthy, we go to two, which is the helper. So we're ingratiating and we always feel like we need to help people. And I've stopped helping people mm-hmm. as much as I yes, used to. Right? I used to be so, ugh, now mm-hmm. I just stop helping all of them. Well, you, need, right. <laughs> you need something done, get it done yourself. And um, I'm kidding. Well, not really. And so um, in any case, you know, so those lines connect for a reason. There's a reason it looks like that. It's not to worship Satan. And if some people look back at the different um, histories, you'll find different narratives because it is an ancient practice and it's one that's been kind of in the 20th century, it kind of got re, re-evoked by, I think, monks. And then evangelicals of recently have kind of mm-hmm. taken it over. And now people, pastors, uh, preach from it. But I think, you know, I as much as I criticize the the evangelistic community for a lot of things, I, I encourage – I like this because sometimes I feel like what – what any religion does is it says that if you don't think a certain way, you you don't belong. Yeah. But I like that they're embracing the Enneagram because they're moving out of that kind of boxiness to say, okay, let's appreciate everybody for who they are. I think if there's any tools that we can use that help us understand and see each other for ourselves and to see our brothers and sisters more clearly, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. And is it like anything that you could get sucked up into the vortex of – and it could take your mind away from what's actually true and right. Yes, but so can sitcoms and yes. so can social media and so yes. can a lot of other things. Candy. Candy. <laughs> so can hot tamales. Yeah. Or red vines. Or really. M&Ms. Or Oh, red vines. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Anything like that can take you away. And it's that's true. okay. There's that's where discernment and everything else comes into play. So yes, but that's my is, final word on that. It's true, and my final word is: in as much as something causes you to be the healthiest version of yourself with work, does not allow you to make excuses, allows you to bring understanding, and allows you to love others more clearly and more love others for how they need to be loved versus how you think they should be loved. Mm-hmm. I say a to the men. A to the men. That was good. I approve. I like the way you work it. You are really just pulling out the it's old because you gave references. me B twelve. No diggity, no doubt. <laughs> Dang, that's a that's a, that's a jam though. I I do like that song. I know. So we hope that all of you figure out your type. Don't take a test. Read a book. Um, Let us know your enneagram on our um, Instagram. We'll have a enneagram little post up with this episode. Let us know your Enneagram or if there's anything that you've discovered that you really love about your personality type. Too. Yes, so I'd love only to tell us what we've done right, not what we've done wrong. Correct, Otherwise, Nicole correct. will get very angry Correct. Do not correct us. <laughs> no, we'll accept correction. Um, we're malleable. All right. Well, Nicole, I love you and all your eight vulnerability. And I bid you uh, full power and capacity in living as a, an eight woman. Oh, thank you. I – I joyfully accept and honor your foreness and all of its beautiful emotion, and I uh, I like to participate 
from afar in your emotion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace out. Peace in the Middle East. Always. Everywhere. Every time. (laughs) All the time. All the time. But every time as well. That too. Okay. Bye. Oh, this was a long episode.